0: Now more with Frank Gaffney. Welcome back and welcome especially to another of our featured guests here at Secure Freedom Radio, a regular by the name of Gordon Chang. He is one of our country's duty experts on China and our interests in the Western Pacific and beyond. He is, of course, the author of The Coming Collapse of China, a prolific contributor to the public policy debate at the Gatestone Institute and at Newsweek, and a man who I urge you to follow, as I do, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. He is uh, one of the high points of our week when we get the chance to visit with him, and this is that time. Gordon, good to have you back. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you so much, Frank.
0: I was just talking with Charles Faddis uh, about uh, Eric Swalwell. And the concern that he has as a former clandestine services officer of the Central Intelligence Agency, who for a long time um, made his living running spies for the United States, namely a concern that Eric Swalwell may well still be being run by the Chinese Communist Party's um, security apparatus. Um, This is an issue that is of grave concern, of course, because he continues to have access to the secrets that are available to members of the House Intelligence Committee on which he continues to serve. What are your thoughts about all this,
1: Gordon? Eric Swalwell should not be on the House Intelligence Committee. And indeed, um, I believe that the FBI and others should be investigating him. And the reason is not because we know that he was targeted by China's Ministry of State Security. Um, If if that were the case, um, and if that were the test, there'd be no members of Congress, nobody in the Senate. um, There'd be nobody in the White House. Uh, But the point is that Swalwell has not been willing to talk about this with the American public. And because of that, there is a substantial chance that uh, he is hiding something, and therefore, because of that, because of Swalwell's inability to discuss this, then I believe that he should not be sitting on the House Intel Committee. And it means that Speaker Pelosi should not have kept him there, which means that her conduct should also be investigated. This is this goes to a much broader question. We know that China has been overwhelming the FBI and others. Um And then many Americans have been compromised and we need to have a much more resolute attitude on this. Speaker Pelosi's view is really disgraceful and I think a risk to the United States.
0: Amen to that. Just to be clear, uh, not... Every member of Congress has succumbed to the temptations of the Ministry of State Security, uh, sleeping with their spies and so on. I, I don't think you mean to suggest that, but they all have been targeted. That's for sure. And we do need to know who have, in fact... Um, in some form or fashion, been compromised. I think that's beyond dispute.
1: Yes, everyone has been targeted. And that's why I say that's not the test of this. What the test is, um, whether members of Congress and others are willing to speak plainly about it when there does appear to be an issue. We know that Christine Fong Fong, Fong um, was suspected as a Ministry of State security agent. We know the FBI informs wellwell. We know that his family, Swalwell's family, has remained in contact with uh, Fong Fong uh, up until a few months ago. This is extremely suspicious. And and the thing that really bothers me is that Swalwell will not talk to the public about it. If Swalwell were to say, for instance, yeah, I slept with her, so what? That would seem to me to indicate a state of mind where he did not feel sensitive about it, but he has um, assiduously avoided any contact with the press about this, running away from the press in some circumstances, that really indicates a guilty uh, state of mind.
0: Yeah, well, and possibly, and this is Sam's point, continuing compromise that could be, again. Uh, very perilous to our country. Let me turn to a different topic with you, Gordon, related to China, of course, but um, the G7 meeting, uh, which has just concluded, um, did feature China this time around. Uh, It had Been observed that um, the participants in these meetings have declined to talk about china and at least their communiques of the past few years Uh, what did you make of the conversation that seems to have taken place and the upshot with respect to china and its abuse of human rights
1: well president biden to his credit raised this issue and pressed other members of the g7 he didn't get as far as everyone would have liked certainly not as far as he wanted Um, but he did make some progress. The real issue is going to be at the NATO ministerial, which follows, and and that really is going to be important because uh, what the G7 failed to do, I think that the NATO uh, has a chance to start to talk about China in a more um, resolute way. It's been reported that NATO will not list China as an adversary, which is a mistake, especially because China calls members of NATO enemies. Um, But nonetheless, this puts pressure on Beijing. We know that Beijing, a few hours ago, went berserk about uh, the G7 communique, uh, even though it wasn't as strong as it needed to be. Um, This is a process. Um, One other thing, though, Frank, and that is, we don't necessarily need to see um, G7 communiques um, of the type that we would like. And the reason is China's doing itself in in Europe. Uh, last month was a very bad. And one of the things that um, is possible is that uh, we keep pressing. We may not get where we want to, but China will, um, I think, uh, poison um, the relationships it has remaining in Europe. And that'll be a good dynamic for us. But obviously, you know, China is right now at a very strong point in Europe. Um, Europe is closer to China than it is to the United States, with the exception, of course, of Britain and some of the countries in Eastern Europe.
0: Well, this is the concern that I have, Gordon. I I certainly hope you're right that um, it's hit a rough patch and that we'll continue to uh, head in that direction. But um, I've been looking at the penetration of Europe. Um, with China's belt and road initiative as it's called and um, and Huawei um, sort of digital infrastructure building and it does seem as though um, they're continuing despite some buffeting uh, notably on human rights issues uh, to make inroads and to gain, um, a degree of influence that is very ominous for NATO, and I think for the United States as well, which, of course, is uh, among the preeminent enemies that they are uh, characterizing as such. Let me ask you, uh, Gordon, if I could, about um, something you've written on that I think is is very interesting, and that is the degree to which uh, we are suffering in the form of illegal immigration, in part... Due to China's policies um, that have grievously affected some of the countries, some of the countries from which this uh, illegal immigration is. Uh, emanating, namely the Northern Triangle. Um, talk a little bit about uh, the thesis of that piece that you had at the Hill last week.
1: Well, the Northern Triangle countries were destabilized for many reasons. But one of them is that uh, factories left uh, there um, when China joined the World Trade Organization when it is seeded in 2001. And one of the ways to solve this, because um, Vice President Harris always talks about root cause. Um, the root cause is not um, going to be solved by throwing aid at the Northern Triangle, which is what she's been doing, um, because we do not need to enrich corrupt elites there. Um, this is that doesn't serve American interests, doesn't serve the interests of those countries. What would serve the interests of those countries if manufacturing came back to there? Because that would stabilize those societies, and once those societies were stabilized, um, people wouldn't be leaving and pressing our southern border. So I think that we should be um, working very hard to bring manufacturing there, which we can for a number of reasons. Remember, we don't have at this moment very many migrants from Mexico trying to come into the U.S. And the reason is because of the USMCA agreement, which is the successor to NAFTA. Um, Mexico has enormous problems, but um, it does it's moving towards prosperity because of trade, we should be doing the same thing with the three northern triangle countries
0: well it's an interesting question about mexico i have the feeling this is a, this is a work in progress but i take your point and it certainly seemed in the course of the conversations that in cubela harris's visit to guatemala and mexico was urged by their leaders to give a trade emphasis to the help to their countries rather than an aid emphasis. And and you might just develop a little bit, Gordon, why that is so important, given the past experience we've had with aid to such countries.
1: Well, um, aid has really gone to um, elites there. Um, and uh, they've got extraordinarily wealthy leaders. And part of the problems in places like Guatemala is because you do have um, um, aid being misused. And, and that certainly is corrosive. I mean, if you were to have factories there, You'd have people getting jobs. You'd have other people being able to service the factory workers. You generally bring prosperity. And the other thing is, and, and President Biden should be focusing on this, I mean, he believes climate change is the number one threat to the United States. Well, um, part of uh, the reason why we have uh, more carbon in the air is because of those huge container ships. People say Um, that 15 of the largest container ships put as much carbon into the air as all of the cars in the world. So if we were to have Um, Our goods manufactured in the Northern Triangle in Central America, that would eliminate that Pacific or or substantially reduce that Pacific trade, which means we'd be having a cleaner environment. I know global warming, climate change, very controversial, but I don't think anyone's really in favor of putting more carbon in the air. And so clearly um, Biden can kill about three or four stones with uh, three or four birds with one stone if he were to try to put more manufacturing into the Northern Triangle angle into Central America, into the Caribbean, this would be a great win for the United States. Very
0: important points. Gordon Chang, as always, we appreciate the clarity with which you perceive these problems and describe them to the rest of us and the solutions that I think you commendably persist in bringing forward so that you're not just raising an alarm, you're offering suggestions as to what can be done about the problem. Thanks for doing it on this program, faithfully, week after week. We look forward to talking with you again next week, Gordon. In the meantime, stay well and keep up the terrific work you do at Newsweek and the Dun Institute and elsewhere. Come back to us soon. Next up, we will speak with Elaine Donnelly about the assault on our military in the form of, well, social engineering, critical race theory, and more, right after this
1: go to securefreedomradio.org today. It's your freedom. It's your country. Frank Gaffney's Secure Freedom Radio.